Hello, everyone, and welcome to Journey to Success Radio, a show featuring people and companies who are making a positive contribution to the world. This show will help you learn how to apply success principles in every area of your life so that you can make the most out of your skills and talents and accomplish more of your goals. To find out more about the show, please visit www.journeytosuccessradio.com. and welcome to Journey to Success Radio. My name is Tom Tutal Cunningham. I'm the world's most well-known Napoleon Hill Foundation certified instructor, self-proclaimed resiliency expert, founder of Journey to Success Radio, and creator of the Journeys to Success uh, best-selling book series, international best-selling book series on Amazon, all based on the success principles of Napoleon Hill. To find out more about me and the show, go to our website. It's journeytosuccessradio.com. I have a regular host, co-host, friend of mine on the line. He's co-hosting today's show, the amazing Chuck Bolina from Arizona, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania area. Uh, introduce yourself, Chuck, before we get on to uh, introducing our guest today. Tom, thank you very much. My name is Chuck Bellina. I'm an author, personal development coach, and I work with Jim Shorkey. Our company is called Results From Thinking. We're located out of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Our website is resultsfromthinking.com. Our whole goal is to help you become a better you, and we do that by educating people on the power of their thoughts and helping them close the gap between the goals they want and the results they achieve. Amen. And I know they do that well. I work closely with them and a big fan of Jim Shorkey and Chuck Bellina. We have an amazing guest today, Chuck. Uh, that's why I invited you on mostly to get some extra push on this uh, interview when we air it. Uh, a celebrity almost. She's uh, in my mind because she's related to the Napoleon Hill Foundation in a very cool way excited about a month ago i got a copy of her book before it was actually available rachel lynn is our speaker today our host today sir sorry our guest today boy it's monday morning rachel lynn is a professional speaker author of the newly published book drive yourself successful 11 interstates to personal empowerment she's also the director of the center for student development licensed professional counselor director Hill Scholars Program and Adjunct Professor of the Keys to Success course at the University of Virginia's College at Wise, which is the head office of the Napoleon Hill Foundation, the birthplace of Napoleon Hill. Rachel is a, an avid supporter of Napoleon Hill's success principles. She's also passionate about sharing them with others. And exciting news, she's going to complete her requirements to become a Napoleon Hill certified instructor sometime this month or early next month. She's also an honorary member of the National Society of Leadership and Success. Welcome to the show today, Rachel. Thank you so much. It is cool to have you on the show because, as I said, any uh, in my mind, you're teaching, uh, you are teaching the keys to success in the University of Virginia, the head office of the Napoleon Hill Foundation. That must be an amazing honor and a pretty cool class to teach. 
I tell you, it's been a, one of the highlights of my um, professional career is being able to teach that course and see the impact that it's had on the students and their own personal growth and development. So it's been an honor to be able to teach that course. I would imagine. And so many people that I've interviewed for the show have said, if only I had read Think and Grow Rich in my 20s or when I was a teen, and you are getting the opportunity to expose them to an education that... Uh, probably when they signed up, they didn't. When they signed up to University of Virginia, they didn't realize or maybe not know about this course. But this course is as uh, essential to life, or more essential than a four-year any program. And so it's exciting that you're teaching these young people. You must be able to see their eyes widen and their brains go crazy when they uh, find out these success principles. So that's an exciting thing. Chuck, today uh, you get to have the first question. And uh, I'll let you start it off. Thanks, Tom. Hey, Rachel, I'm real excited to have the opportunity to talk with you today. I'm excited about what you're doing down south of me. Um, congratulations on the certification that you're working towards closing out. And uh, that has to be an incredible journey that you've experienced. And um, you and I have a similar background in uh, counseling. I have a uh, master's in counseling at a Montana State uh, University. And uh, I was reading over your bio and kind of following you on the web, and you have a unique track record of uh, professional experience. And I'm curious how um, that led you to the writing of the book, Drive Yourself Success, 11 Interstates to Personal Empowerment. Uh, could you share with us? Absolutely, and, and thank you so much. Um, and it's neat to uh, share the background in counseling with you as well. Um, I graduated with my master's degree in counseling and human development from Radford University in 2005. And immediately after graduation, I started working with our local community service board, Frontier Health, as a therapist. And in my work with clients, I realized how transformative the counseling process could be. And from my work there, I developed the mindset that um, I needed to be able to take what I can do in a one-on-one -on -one counseling session and reach larger volumes of people. And it became my goal at that point to, um, to figure out a way to um, really take what I do out into the world um, and help make a difference in that capacity. Um, um, it, I'm sorry, go ahead, continue. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, um, I know what you're talking about because it wasn't, uh, i got to be honest, I was not introduced to, to Napoleon Hill's uh, uh, information and writings until about two and a half years ago. And my eyes opened up, and it wasn't, had nothing to do with the training that I had as a counselor um, through all the years. And I, I, I can understand your passion where you wanted to help your, your clients more than what you were doing and give them something that can really change their life. And I'm, I'm guessing when you open this door, it's just the light just shine for you, and uh, you know where you knew where to go from there. Absolutely, and in all honesty, you know I'm right here on the campus. I've been with the university for um, August will make ten years. And the Napoleon Hill Foundation office is just across um, campus from me. And until about four years ago, I was not real familiar with the Napoleon Hill principles either. And um, a very interesting story is um, I had a coworker leave her position and left me a couple of books. And those books were Three Feet from Gold with Sharon Lecter and Greg Reed. 
and outwitting the devil. Mm, and um, so they, they actually sat on my shelf for a couple of years, and then one Friday evening I was leaving the office, and something just said, why don't you get one of those books and read it this weekend? So I did, and it was so strong, just whatever that, you know, intuition that came over me, I went and grabbed the book, and it was The Three Feet from Gold. And I took it home and read it that weekend, and um, it mentioned Don Green, and I didn't know Don, even though he's very, very close here to me in proximity. And I called him Monday morning after reading the book, and I said, hey, I believe in these principles. I practice these with my life and want to know how I can get involved with the foundation, and Long story short, I ended up meeting with him. Um, something also told me to take the outline for my book um, just to get some guidance and tips on what is this publication process like and, and how do you get this um, you know, to a publisher and get it published. And uh, Don was very gracious in giving me insight and wisdom into this process, which is um, you know, getting involved with the foundation has changed my life, and it's helped me to change other people's lives as well. So it's, it's definitely been... A wonderful journey. <laughs> Amen. Very cool. Amen. Amen. And that's what I can say about being involved with the Napoleon Hill Foundation. Even though I read Think and Grow Rich so many years ago, it changes my it's changed my life and the and it's given me a tool to teach other people to do the same, find their purpose and pursue it passionately. So uh, we're all in the same boat there. Now, uh, Rachel, your book Drive Yourself Successful. 11 Inner States to Personal Empowerment, uses the analogy of a car, something we're all very familiar with here in North America. Tell us some of the chapter titles and a brief overview of them so people can get an, an idea of how the analogy of a car fits into uh, uh, your book. Absolutely. Um, I found in my work as a counselor that people really take to analogies um, it helps them get what I call the light bulb moments um, when they get the insight and awareness into a problem or a situation and um, what they maybe need to do to move forward. Um, so that's why I kind of based this uh, material um, on the analogy of a car because I feel like it's something that relates to the general public and that they can easily understand and envision in their minds as I you know, teach the principles that I've, I've covered. But um, some of the chapter titles, I'll give you a few highlights of, of a few of them. But chapter one is actually clean out your trunk. And basically that chapter talks about what is stored in your trunk that keeps you from moving forward in life and what are those things that are weighing you down. And some of the topics that I cover that may um, be common to a lot of people, um, one is loss. Um, sometimes people have trouble moving forward after the loss of a loved one or they feel guilty in moving forward and a lot of times that um, weighs them down and keeps them from being successful in their own lives. Failures, um, a lot of times people don't realize that failure is a part of success so they let those past failures keep them from striving to do anything more because they kind of hold on to that belief that they will fail and they, they get afraid to try. Um, failed relationships. You know, as a college counselor, probably the top two issues that I see are stress and relationships. Mm. <laughs> um, and I can definitely see why, um, you know, bad breakups and, and the end of relationships keeps people um, kind of in a bubble from moving forward due to that fear of being hurt. So I think that's sometimes a lot of things that get stored in someone's trunk that keeps them from moving forward. And also a big one, and I see this so much with people, are words. And when I say that, I mean words that other people have said to you that just kind of stay 
in your mind and you repeat them to yourself for year after year after year. And, um, you know, I've had students tell me, you know, even parents tell them they're not good enough or they're not going to be successful or why would you want to do this, this is stupid, and, and people kind of stay stuck there. So those words that people say um, can have a big weight on us in, in terms of moving forward and our own success. So that's, that's, I think, a really neat chapter and I think a really great way to start out the book because it helps the reader identify what they need to kind of identify and work forward from. And the cool thing about that chapter as well is not only do, uh, does the book help the reader identify those things that are stored in their trunk, but it gives them some ideas of things that they should store in their trunk in times that they feel they are about to break down or help somebody who else, help someone else who is about to break down. So I talk about jumper cables. Um, but we should all carry jumper cables in our trunks. And what I stress about this when I do workshops and presentations is that, you know, in order to uh, get a boost, you have to connect to a positive battery. And um, I kind of make the, the joke in the book that nothing is worse than two dead batteries trying to get somewhere, that <laughs> you must connect to positive people and positive energy um, to build your own energy and, and strength to move forward. Um, so definitely jumper cables, and I challenge the reader to look at the people who are in their circle and see if they are battery chargers or battery drainers. And sometimes it's necessary to, you know, find new relationships and let go of old ones if they hold you back. Um, another funny part in that is I talk about duct tape as another essential tool to carry in your truck. And um, I make the joke that, you know, we've probably all said things at some time that we wish we hadn't. And we wish we had duct tape over our mouth, <laughs> you know, and be able to take it back. <laughs> so I have some humor components in the book as well. Um, and, then, and then I also, you know, kind of make the uh, the point that I guess there's probably times we wish we had duct tape for someone else's mouth. <laughs> but the main point in the book is we need duct tape for our own thoughts, the things that we say to ourselves, because that can be a big component of what holds us back is our own beliefs, the things we say to ourselves repetitively, and so on. So those are a couple of things from Chapter 1 that I feel um, kind of get, get the reader started on this on this journey. Um, that's, huh? Oh, I'm sorry. That's um, all in Chapter 1. All that information you just shared is very powerful. <laughs> you hit upon so many key elements that people are struggling with. You talked about the words that people use, um, the auto-suggestion. Napoleon Hill talks about auto-suggestion. You know, what are you telling yourself? What are you reading? What are you writing? Who are you hanging out with? And um, and I, I just never thought of it from a car perspective. And as you sat here and described it, I'm looking at the jumper cables in my back, uh, in the back of my trunk. I have flares in the back of my trunk. I have a jacket in the back of my trunk. I have all these things in preparation for what you just described for a breakdown. And people need that in their life because if you're not prepared for a circumstance that comes along, and then you fall back to old habits or old ways because you were conditioned to do that. You don't have a good plan in place. You're going to stay stuck, uh, or you're going to you know you're going to slide back and lose momentum and uh, be discouraged. So very powerful, all in all in one chapter. <laughs> right there, right. so that was incredible. <laughs> all in one chapter. <laughs> all in one uh, chapter. <laughs> well, and and then um, the next kind of following that goes into using the right fuel. And I cannot stress, you know, the importance of our thoughts and how they create our own reality. And I think a lot of times people don't really realize the power of the thoughts that they think. 
And like you said, Napoleon Hill talks about auto-suggestion. So what you say to yourself repetitively with strong emotion, you know, um, creates your reality, basically. And I talk about, you know, when you go to the gas pumps in your car, you know, I ask people, what is a contributing factor to which type of fuel that you use? And most people, the first thing they say will be cost. So I say, well, absolutely. And um, what I throw out from that point is, what are your thoughts costing you? And then people get that light bulb moment like, oh, my goodness, you know, what, what are my thoughts costing me? Is it costing me love? Is it costing me positive relationships? Is it costing me advancement in my career? Is it costing me um, the ability to live my definite purpose? And I think that's a very challenging thing for the reader to look at is, um, you know, recognizing that the thoughts are what fuels us in our lives and to challenge them to see what type of thoughts they're thinking and what is it costing them and being able to help them consciously choose um, their focus and their thoughts so that they create a better reality for themselves. Amen. I love that part. That's how the book starts. Thoughts are things. And uh, I've read we have between 60 and 70,000 thoughts a day. And if we don't purposely and positively choose those thoughts, oh, the world is going to fill them up with negativity. And so you really have to be purposeful about the positive 60 to 70,000 thoughts because if you are not, the world will automatically fill it with negativity 99% of the time. So big, important chapter there. Absolutely. And I think it's important, too, because a lot of times those thoughts cause us to lose our spark. You know, maybe we start out, we're energized and we're motivated and we're excited about what we want to do. And then it goes back to one of those things stored in your trunk and perhaps that's words someone has said to you that kind of, you know, dampens the spark. And there's, there's a lot of things that, um, you know, can ca cause someone to lose their spark. And right. interesting car fact is that all it takes is one single-styled spark plug to kill up to 25% of a four-cylinder engine's power output. And the same goes for our thoughts. All it takes is one single isolated negative thought to diminish our motivation, waste our energy, and impair our performance. So I think that's, a, that's one of my favorite um, quotes from the book, is, is how those sparks <laughs> um, When we lose our spark, and the book talked about, you know, ways to be able to ignite that spark back and, and, and it all flows together just like driving a car you know you're pushing the gas pedal you're looking in the mirror you're, you're turning the steering wheel my principles in the book work together because you're clearing out your trunk you're uh, removing the things that are stored that's keeping you from moving forward while at the same time reigniting that spark to move forward so that that's um, actually one of my favorite chapters in the book is, is igniting your spark um, nice I like that one. Yeah. It's so important. And uh, as you mentioned, the train of thought. And, you know, I use a few things when I talk about choosing. You can always choose to redirect your thoughts. I was a few weeks ago, I was in a car accident on the way to a speaking engagement. I hit someone. They were fine. Their car was not damaged. I got $900 damage. But this happened a few years ago. I was really upset. I have a nice sports car. I decided to search online what percentage of the world owns a car. And when uh -huh. I finished that when I finished that search, I felt so thankful and blessed to own a car 
and my thoughts about it being scratched and damaged were completely erased because I felt so blessed and in such a minority of the world's population to own a car. So there's always a way to look at a negative thing more positively. And often if you look at the global population as a whole, you'll realize that, oh man, like a lot of the world would just love to have this problem. And here I am complaining vociferously about it. Absolutely. And I think that would draw into another chapter from the book about recognizing detours as opportunities. Mm. Obviously, that was a detour for you. You didn't expect to have that accident that day. Um, but you use it as an opportunity to transform your thinking and come from a place of gratitude. Right. That you were thankful for that instead of the mindset of being angry or upset. Like you were able to change that for yourself. And I think that's a perfect example um, you know, of consciously choosing those thoughts because your thoughts affect your feelings, your mood, and then your behaviors. So um, being able to change those and be conscious of that is, is definitely a must. And I think, um, you know, another point to make is that in life we run into unexpected detours. And sometimes people turn those detours into roadblocks when they don't necessarily need to be a roadblock. And sometimes that's out of fear uh, of what lies ahead, they don't know, so they just kind of stay put, or put the gear shift in park, so to say, or turn around and go another direction. But I think it's important to know that we all hit those detours in life and that it's up to us to transform our thinking about them and turn them into an opportunity. And one of the points I make in the book is that those, if you think about the purpose of a detour, it's there to protect you from something or help you get there on a much easier route. And I think that's how we should apply it to life as well, is that detours should be recognized as opportunities and not roadblocks. Mm. What an incredible analogy. Um, very powerful. And you had mentioned um, a lot of people don't realize that failure or struggle is a part of growth and success. And you had, um, I mean, you're working in, a, in an environment full of, you know, millennials, young kids, um, I work with my youth group at my church, and I see the results of what they are told by so many people that they hold, um, you know, important in their lives. It could be friends and family and, and peers that uh, diminish who they think they are and what they're capable of. And this information is powerful in the hands of young kids at such an early age to see for, you know, the reality of what it is and know how to then protect themselves to shelter themselves so they can, you know, go after what they want without much, you know, resistance. They're going to have uh, challenges, but they're, they're more successful, especially if they know, I don't say how the game is played, but if they understand that the words that other people say to them is only words and it doesn't define who they are as a person and what they're going after and what they're, what they're meant to be in life, um, I mean, that will change lives across the board. I was curious, is there a target audience for your book? And the reader of your book, this, this potentially could be very therapeutic as they go through this. Um, is, there, is there a best way or, uh, that they can go through your book? Or do you, I mean, have you thought of that? Or is it laid out in such a way that as they go through this and they evolve and grow um, and really do some deep thought, that, um, you know, when they come to the end of the chapters, uh, the last chapter, they, they really have a game plan. Did you, you know, did you set them up that way as you wrote this book? 
Yes, and, and throughout the book there are checkpoints um, that summarize each part of the chapter, so it kind of gives them an indication of uh, make a list of this or think about these things and plan for um, this next portion of your life. So as they continue through the book, by the end of it, it just it, in, it summarizes everything all together, and then the last chapter just throws out pure on motivation that you've cleaned out your trunk, you've ignited your spark, you've you know adjusted your frequency, you've stopped blowing smoke, you're taking action, and throwing a little bit of counselorish uh, reality therapy in there about taking action and moving forward. So it throws in all those components and then just summarizes it and completely. Uh, ends up with complete motivational chapter right at the very end to, to combine everything. And as far as a target audience, I have made the book so general because the inspiration for the book have been the people that I've worked with over the years. And those age ranges are from 17 to probably 70. So I feel like it could have an impact mm -hmm. on, on so many different ranges of, of age groups. For this, and I even think high school students could get this information and be able to easily understand it and use it for dual for their own success, as well as someone, um, you know, an older adult could use it as well. Because just because someone is in their 70s or 80s doesn't mean they cleared out their trunk. And <laughs> sometimes people live their entire lives stuck. And I've seen it. I've seen people 20 years still in the same boat and come into therapy and be able to work through that. Um, unresolved grief, unresolved loss, guilt, all of those things that, like I said, hold people back. So I feel like the book um, can serve a wide range of age groups because it's very general and relatable to the general public. You don't have to have a, a big degree to understand the wording. Um, anyone, anyone could understand the principles from here, and I, I intentionally made it that way. Um, and I just want to say that in the book I actually dedicated it to all the beautiful souls who had the courage to seek help and who entrusted me as their counselor because they were the inspiration for the book. And I've, as a counselor, I've seen firsthand what keeps people's gear shift stuck in park. And I've also seen what it takes to shift back into drive. So the book encompasses those general experiences of all the people I've worked with over the past 13 years and put it into this form so that that can help other people who share in those same life struggles. So that's actually right in my dedication is to all the people I've worked with over the years because they have inspired this book. And um, all of the work that I've done in individual sessions has prepared me to be able to put this into uh, this format and, um, and share it with the world. Wonderful. Cool. Next question. Uh, Chuck, I'll let you have it. Um, what's your favorite chapter out of the book? Are we, we really, I love chapter one, and i got to be honest, Rachel, I haven't read your book yet. Um, everything you described in there, I, it was just resonating with me. But what's your favorite chapter out of the book? Well, I actually have two, and it's hard for me to decide between the two. Um, I've already spoken to the Ignite Your Spark um, chapter, but... One that I really, really like as well is Adjust Your Frequency. And I feel like it was a very creative way to share this with the reader because I talk about the different frequencies of your radio, such as AM and FM uh, radio. And I talk about AM definition being um, amplitude modulation. 
Amplitude is measurement that indicates the movement of vibration of something. It can also be defined as the extent of dignity, excellence, or splendor, and the quality or state of being ample or abundant. And in the book, I spin it onto the power of I am, like AM frequency, and what mm -hmm. frequency are you mm -hmm. on? And whatever you say to yourself after the first words, I am, is what creates your reality. So if you're telling yourself, I am smart, I am capable, I am worthy, then you will be successful. But if you're telling yourself, I am inept, I am unworthy, I am not capable of this, then you set yourself up for not living your true potential. So I, I, I spend that frequency onto that. Um, I also speak about the FM frequency as um, FM standing for frequency modulation. And it's defined as the frequency you transmit and receive. And basically, what you focus on, what you send out into the world, is what comes back to you. So it's being very conscious about what you choose to focus on. And the example I use with my students in counseling and in the community when I do workshops and, and presentations is I ask people what their favorite radio station is. So they'll, they'll tell me. And I'll say, well, what's it like? You know, when you're driving in your car and you're listening to your favorite station, it's pretty good, right? You feel well. You might get energized. Perhaps you even sing along. So it's a, it's a good feeling. You like, you know, what you're hearing back, what you're tuned to, what you hear. So I ask people, what is what is your least favorite radio station? And then they'll tell me, or least favorite type of music. And I'll say, well, some people get in their car, and it's programmed on this station, and people <laughs> continue to drive through life listening to that not realizing they have the capability to just change the frequency, change the station. But how many times do we drive through life focused on that negative situation or the past failure or whatever it is that we're tuned to that doesn't support us to our greater good, but we hear it back and that becomes our reality. So what we transmit and what we receive and what we tune to is what we experience in our lives. So I think that's a pretty creative chapter and very eye-opening to the reader to recognize that. And I've test-driven <laughs> this material with students for years, and they get it, and I've seen that it works. So they'll say, oh, I'm tuned to the wrong station. I need to reprogram. But it's really cool because people get the concept, they apply it, and they, and they can make those positive changes for themselves. So I think um, adjusting your frequency is probably my favorite chapter. I'm loving that. That's awesome. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I like that. Adjusting your frequency. Uh, now, uh, I'm sorry I got this far. I do this too often. Uh, how can the audience connect with you, Rachel, uh, if they want you to speak at their event, if they want to talk to you about their book, about your book, or purchase your book? What's the best way for people listening to uh, get hold of you and people that will be reading this online and the various ways we're going to promote it? Absolutely. Well, I am in the process of continuing the book tour and scheduling events for fall and um, spring and, and, and on out as well. So I have a website. It's rachellynnspeaks.com. And there's actually a fillable form online that you can request me to speak at your next event. And um, I'll return your um, I'll return information back to you, and we can collaborate on that. You can connect with me on social media. 
on Instagram, it's rachel.lynn1111. And I have a public figure page on Facebook, which is Rachel Lynn. It has a lot of information from my book. It's basically my author page, author speaker page. So those are the ways um, that people can reach me, as well as email. And it's, it's just like the uh, website, but it's Rachel Lynn Speaks at Outlook.com. Nice. So, people, that's the way to find her. Uh, Chuck, I'll let you uh, get in the, the, the last question here. Um, so, being that you study Napoleon Hill uh, and do what you do, um, and uh, obviously the book shares a lot of your learnings over the years and the study of uh, Napoleon Hill as well as I'm sure a lot of other great uh, development leaders, personal development leaders. Um, do you have a favorite quote that you have in your book that you can leave the audience? Yes, and I actually um, have maybe a couple if you would if you wouldn't mind me sharing. I couldn't decide we'll between let them. You do two. <laughs> okay, so I say um, refuse to settle for a curbside life. Refuse to stand outside your car, only wishing you could take it for a spin. Take the wheel of opportunity. Take the wheel and drive away in faith. Take the wheel of your happiness, health, wealth, and well-being. I think that's that's a, a very motivational quote. And that now is your time to put yourself first. It's your turn to be happy. It's your turn to experience the life you've imagined. It's your turn to be in the driver's seat and disregard direction from backseat drivers. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I love both take the wheel and the backseat drivers. It resonates with anyone that hears that. Right, right. And sometimes in this day and age, backseat drivers can be front seat drivers too. Yeah, uh, yeah. On the other side of you. So, yeah, it's so, so important. And uh, uh, you and Jim talk about this and teach this so much uh, as well, Chuck, with the results from thinking. It all stems from your thinking, but sadly often your thinking stems from what other people told you that is usually not usually not positive about yourself. And so you just repeat what they said when it's reality not actually true. Yes. Yeah, you're absolutely right on that. If if you, uh, Rachel, if you ever come up towards the uh, Pennsylvania border, let me know. I'll uh, support your book tour up this way. That would be wonderful. Wonderful. Nice. Thank you so much. Right. And the uh, rest, rest of people that can't get to see you in person, uh, they can find it on Amazon. Drive Yourself Successful. Uh, I think it's a unique title. I think when I looked it up, I was like, okay, yeah, look at her. There's only one. But uh, Drive Yourself Successful, uh, look that up on Amazon, amazing book. I was privileged to read it before it became available to the public and just loved it. I love, as you said, people like analogies. What can I compare this to? And for me, driving a car, I've done that for a long time, so I can make that analogy in my mind pretty easily. Great book, uh, Rachel. Wow, I'm so stoked that. Well, I want to trade places with you sometimes when you're teaching that keys to success to millennials and young people and university students. Boy, I bet, you know, you could go into that class probably tired, and by the time you're done, you're probably inspired and full of energy. That's exactly the truth. You know, it's very long days in the counseling office. We stay very busy. So when I teach the course at 6 in the evening, a lot of times I'm very tired, but I leave energized, and I'm like, yes, that was great. So it's a wonderful class.
eyes must light up because for 95% of people, they have not heard these things in their in their regular daily going about. And so for them, it must be like, wow, this is how I can apply what I'm studying. This is how I can apply my passion. And so uh, must be you must be able to see the lights go on in their head just with the excitement. It's wonderful. And I'll tell you, I, t I tell students that, of course, you have to know the specifics for what degree you're going you're getting. You know, if you're going into nursing, you have to know nursing. You know, if you're going into psychology, you need to know the principles. But the most important thing I think people need to learn is how to master the faculties of their own mind. Because that's what accelerates them or inhibits them from being successful in those chosen fields. So mm -hmm. I think um, really stressing the importance of mastering those success principles that Napoleon Hill set forth for us is um, is um, definitely crucial to success. <laughs> Remind people where they can find you again, Rachel, please. Okay. Um, RachelLynnSpeaks.com is my website, and I'm on Instagram at Rachel.Lynn1111, and on Facebook under my public figure page under Rachel Lynn. Nice. Email. Rachel Lynn speaks at outlook.com. I love it. I, lo I love the book. I love the analogy. So easy to relate to for myself and so many people. And, uh, and I uh, love anything related to Napoleon Hill. So you're, I thank you so much for sending me the book. Uh, Chuck's going to need a copy as well. That's why Chuck jumps on these interviews, I think. He gets free copies of books. From I get the to read the book. I'm excited, Rachel. This is incredible. You've inspired me. Conversation. And I imagine if the interview had just been between the two of you with your common backgrounds in education and counseling, uh, uh, probably would have been uh, just as good without me. So, But uh, thanks for joining me today, Chuck. Rachel, amazing Absolutely. book, Drive Yourself Successful. Go to Amazon, go to your bookstore, find Rachel. Rachel Lynn Speaks, Rachel, R-A-C-H-E-L, Lynn, L-Y-N-N. And speaks rachellynnspeaks.com. Uh, have her out to your event. Order a couple of her books. Uh, one for yourself, one to give away. Uh, you will be thankful that you did. Thanks for uh, joining us today, Rachel. I've been looking forward to this interview for a while. Thank you, Rachel. Thank both. I thank both of you too. Thank you for having me on your show. Have an amazing day. Take care. Thank you. You too. Thank you for listening to this episode of Journey to Success Radio. If you or anyone you know would like to be interviewed for the show, email tom at tomtutall.com for details.